This episode of Spawned is brought to you by Leviton, whose award-winning Decora smart devices give you one less huge thing to worry about while you're away, since you can easily and affordably control your lights, table lamps, appliances, and more, all from your smartphone or tablet. They even sync with your Amazon Echo. For more information, installation instructions, and where to buy devices from Leviton's Decora smart product family, visit leviton.com slash decorasmart. Hello and welcome to Spawn, a common sense and hopefully fun discussion on parenting and parenting culture. Hey, I'm Kristen Chase. I'm Liz Gumbiner, and we are the co-founders of CoolMomPicks.com. On today's episode of Spawn, we are happy to be talking with KJ Delantonia about how to be a happier parent, something we could all use some more, some less. And it also happens to be the name of her brand new book. As always, we'll close out our show with our cool picks of the week. All right. So if people don't know KJ, I mean, we know KJ. KJ? Also, wait, Kristen, I think she's our first like recurring guest. Oh, Like the first time we've had a guest on twice. That's how awesome she is. I I feel like I'm thinking right now because I don't want to take that away from somebody else, but KJ deserves it. I mean, she spent five years editing the Motherload column for the New York Times. That just that little newspaper that no one really knows about. Oh, Times, yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. I do the crossword. (laughs) (laughs) And now she has written a book, but oh my gosh, so much more. So let's talk a little bit about this. Her reporting and research on parental happiness is what led to the book, How to Be a Happier Parent. And she writes regularly on the personal and policy aspects of parenthood for the New York Times and other publications. And she's the co-host of the hashtag AmWriting Podcast with another one of our favorite Spawned guests who often comes up in conversation. She does. We quote her a lot, Jessica We do. Jessica Leahy. So welcome, KJ. Thank you so much for having me a second time. Yeah, we get to say welcome back, KJ. That's nice. I like the sound of that. I like it too. Welcome back, KJ. It's kind of like welcome back, Cotter, a little bit. Exactly like that. Gather the troops behind me and get Julie, my my bride, and yeah. <laughs> We're all dating ourselves. I, it, we all watched it in reruns, obviously. So first of all, congratulations on the book, which is just out, which is amazing. And we are very Thank happy you. for you. We know it'll be hugely successful because basically everything you write is. So I don't think I'm being like too psychic and saying it'll be a huge success, right? No, Let's all put that I, out there into the universe. From your lips to, you know, whoever's ears. That's yeah. Cool. Thank you. And also, it's a good thing. It's nice with all all the shit that's going on. I love a book that's called How to Be a Happier Parent because it doesn't say how to be happy. Did you notice that, Liz? No. It's not about how to be a happy uh-uh. parent. It's happy- just happier. Just I like happier. that. I like Chapter it. one, get off Twitter. It's not going to make people <laughs> feel bad. Like it doesn't yes. make you go, oh, I'm not meditating. Oh, I'm not fully present in every moment. Oh, no, I'm not <laughs> oh, cooking all the you. organic food. And those things are all great. If you can meditate and be fully present in every moment and cook all the organic food, then I want to be reborn as your child. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's it's just not about that. It's about the things that make us crazy and some of them we can't change. And then the the things that we can, like the things we can do something about. Let's let's get on those. I like it. So it's like a no shame, no pressure, we're all in this together kind of common sense book about 
finding more happiness in your day-to-day family life. And I feel like for most people, there'll be one chapter where they're like, yeah, you know what? I got that one. (laughs) Because most people are like that. It's like, well, okay, our screen time policy, my son personally is playing Fortnite even as we speak. So our screen time policy might need some work, but man, you know, I got dinner. I got that one. And I feel like that's going to be the way for for most people. Like, well, my mornings are not the worst or, you know, well, homework's okay around here. Like usually most people have like one thing where they can just read that chapter and go just pat themselves on the back a little bit. That's good. And hopefully everybody has that one chapter. Now I'm nervous. Like, <laughs> like I haven't gotten through the whole book yet, but I'm like, oh God, I'm going to be the no, one person that's it. like, there's no chapters that apply okay, to me. Let's <laughs> talk about the chapters because I'm wondering how you decided on them because the book to me is laid out in such a very organized fashion. I love it. It's like everything that I think basically drive parents batty. I was like, so is that how you decided on it? You're like, what makes parents the most nutty? Like, how did you figure out these chapters? Because every single one, screen time, chores, free time, like they all spoke to me as a parent in some way. So how did you figure those out? Well, exactly like that. First, I made a list of my top three. Okay. And they were at the time, siblings, homework, and mornings. Mm. So those were my two. And then I went out to, you know, it was a highly scientific Facebook survey of several <laughs> thousand people. And I just said, okay, what do you like least? Like what's making you most crazy? And I wrote all those down. And then there was one more, which is that I worked with a professor at Fordham and we did some genuine academic peer-reviewed research on questions around what parents are more satisfied with their parenting lives, which is how academics measure happiness. And during the course of that, which had like lots of sort of, you know, multiple choice questions and all sorts of things. There were two open-ended questions. And one of them was, what do you like least about parenting? And there was this crazy consensus around the word and the idea of discipline. People don't like enforcing the rules. People don't like having rules and making my kids follow them. I bet that's generational, isn't it? That must be a new thing. I think so. That's my theory. But so many people actually use the word discipline that I went back through our survey to make sure we hadn't like cued it somehow by like using it six times. And we hadn't, I don't think we'd used the word at all. That's so so fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah, so it wasn't like 99% of the people. I think it was a third, but it was the clear winner. Huh. And that was kind of interesting. So that was the ninth one. That's the one I didn't come up with off of Facebook. And that was my one chapter, actually. That's the one where I was like, eh, I think I got it. I like moved on from that one and headed straight to everything else. So, (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me ask you something, KJ, because I remember there was this article a year or two ago that like kind of blew up the parenting internet. And it was evidence that parents deep down are not happy and never will be. (laughs) That parents are less happy than child-free adults based on whatever We we say we'd rather unload the dishwasher than be with our kids, that kind of thing. Right, right. And that there's like basically this constant stream of unhappiness happiness that just goes with the territory and people became super defensive and there were debates and arguments and the child free people were like yelling at the people with kids saying see we told you and we have shoes and that (laughs) makes us happy and you have diapers and it was insanity do you remember that absolutely so do you feel like there's legitimacy to that that our happiness is like on a different plane than people that don't have kids well you know there's sort of happiness versus joy and i do think that on a day-to-day level having kids it 
those are extra bonus challenges. I don't think we should pretend that, you know, just like being a woman, you know, dancing backwards in heels, well, doing it, carrying a toddler <laughs> on one hip and nursing a naked, you know, a baby on your boob on the other, that, <laughs> that adds, right? And for yeah. men, it's it's the same thing. You know, if, you know, if you don't want kids, that's cool. But when the things that you're responsible for are your work and you and your partner and your friends, then to that, other men and women who are parents have to add and kids. So it just one-ups the whole thing. I think yeah. it does. I mean, it makes it harder. Let's don't. There's no reason. <laughs> I'm not dissing the, the challenges of a child-free life. Yeah, no, no, no. I guess my question is more like, do we operate at a lower baseline? Oh. Because there's just more on the line in terms of the day-to-day pressures of parenting. Well, I think we do because like, I'm happy when I don't have to argue for like a child to put on their shoes or like someone, <laughs> someone needs to take a shower, right? And I'm just like, this is predictable or like you have to brush your teeth. And so like, I'm happy, like happiness to me is like when I didn't have to tell someone to brush their teeth. Also, by the way, it might be different for people with fewer children. Like I have four kids. So maybe a person with one kid has a different level of happy. I don't think like the average person walking down the street with no kids would be like, yes, when someone else brushes their teeth and I don't tell them, that makes me happy. Interesting. So you're (laughs) saying like you have more opportunities to find little moments of happiness because it comes from without. Yeah. That was such a nice way of saying it, Liz. (laughs) It was so optimistic and and quite happy, really, when really I was just thinking I my standards have dropped so low (laughs) because I birthed so many children. (laughs) There was a long time ago, my husband and I had this joke and I wanted to make it the title of the book, but my um, agent said no one would get it. Which is that we used to, you know, when we had our first baby, we would say, oh, you know, let's go to the park and push him on the swing. That would be fun. And then we would both crack up because, like, we were redefining fun every minute, yes. right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's go to the park and push an empty swing. That would be fun. So, yeah, I totally wanted to, I'd forgotten all about that. I wanted to call it redefining fun. You know, and I guess in some ways, the point of the book is that there are a lot of little things that can kind of nibble at what feels like our happiness. So finding ways to make some of that maybe not really affect our baseline happiness as so much on the one hand, and also finding ways to just look at those things and go, well, maybe, you know, maybe I don't have to do that. Or maybe I could do that differently. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I love talking to other parents just for that reason. And I think Liz would agree, like, when we hear from our readers and our listeners, and they tell us how they do something that we might be doing, and it might be different than us that we had not thought of. And we're like, oh, we should try that. Like, I feel like sometimes as parents, even with the internet, we live in a vacuum. Mm, Yeah. And it's like, well, I always eat this for breakfast. And my kids don't like cereal. Or like, they always pack a sandwich and they always hate it. What do I do? And then you hear from people, they're like, we pack yogurt or we pack like shish kebabs or whatever the heck. And you're like, oh my God, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> and so, you know, I I, I agree. I, I feel like when we are able to talk to other people and get their perspectives and hear like we could be doing something differently that would then make us a little happier and make our lives easier, then why not? You know? Yeah. I'm all for it. The book is like every chapter has, okay, you know, here's this this pain point. Right. <laughs> and then here are the things that sort of are are getting extra bonus thrown at you. Because it's important to recognize that not all of this is, is about us. I mean, mornings are hard because everybody has to be somewhere earlier than anybody wants to be anywhere. Well, thank you for saying that. Well, we don't control that. Yeah. We don't control what time school starts. And afternoons and evenings can be hard because school ends at three. 
jobs yes. don't. Like yeah. that's a universal <laughs> pain point that, you know, maybe you yeah. can fix your world or, or, you know, and flex your time or your partner can flex their time. You can come up, you can come up with solutions, but every parent has to reinvent the wheel on that one because it's a universal. Babies, you know, they don't like become self-sufficient after that six weeks of parenting leave that some were lucky to even get. It's like, like, yeah. not like, hey, six weeks. Good thing you're sitting up and eating now. Good luck at daycare. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> so yeah. we can't fix those. And so I, I try to talk in every section about if you're looking at your kids' sports and activities and going, man, this seems way more involved than it was when I was a kid. You're right. You know, if you're looking at mealtimes and thinking about, boy, there's just a lot of choices. I don't feel like I don't remember my mom dealing with it. You're right. Like there are things that we can't do. And then we sort of get into, well, okay, let's, let's all work as a society to make some things better. But on the other hand, let's try to make tomorrow better for you. So that's yeah. the, the sort of smaller piece. I appreciate that. I need tomorrow to be better. All right. So you talked <laughs> a little bit about mornings and why they're so hard. And you mentioned that that was a pain point for you. So I'm curious, what was it? If you can name like one thing or two things that really stand out in terms of that switch, or maybe they're still hard. I don't know. Well, I want to hear from you. Like, what did well, you do? <laughs> okay. I'm never going to like getting up. And what I figured out is that it, it just doesn't matter. Like I just don't like getting out of bed. Bed is cozy and I just, <laughs> I just like it. So it's never going to be great for me. <laughs> the way to, unfortunately, the way to have better mornings is kind of boring because the, the number one top thing that you can do to have a better morning is get more sleep. It's just, Oh, I was going to say, is. teach your kids to make coffee. Cause oh, well, that works well, that that for me really well. My kids are like, can we make the coffee? I'm like, Yes, you can. <laughs> you know, I say get more sleep and then everybody's eyes roll over in the back of their head and they're like, yeah, I've heard that before. But what I want to talk about is why we don't go to sleep. Because it's so funny because in the morning, bed is the, everybody wants to stay in bed, right? But at night, bed is the last Nobody. place anybody where it wants right. to go. Exactly. You don't want to go. Your toddler exactly. doesn't want to, your teenager doesn't want to go. And well, toddlers are a little bit of a different case. But for adults and teenagers and older kids, a big part of the reason we don't want to go to bed at night is because that's the first time we've been free from other people's expectations all day. Yes. Oh, right? Yes. So yes. that's true for you, but it's also often, it's often true for our kids. So if they're sort of, you know, rolling through their day of school and then aftercare and then rushing to the violin lesson and then eating, you know, dinner on the way to soccer and doing their homework and it's 930, I mean, no wonder they don't want to go to bed. And then for us, you know, we've driven all that or we've hauled the toddlers around and we've, we've read the stories and we've put them back into bed six times and now we're finally free, right? And then you're like, dang, if I have to get up at 530, I have to go to bed at 930 to get eight hours of sleep. And then you just want to lay down and cry. Yep. Um, Pretty much. I love that you're saying this. I never put it into words, but you're totally right. It's why yes. sometimes I'm up till two in the morning going, oh, just one more Netflix yes, episode of the it's path. it's so awesome. Yeah, no yeah it's like, you for ooh, anything. this is my free time, except yes. your free time starting at like 10 at night. Exactly. I never thought about it that yes. way. So yes. Also Twitter. Something <laughs> that we have to sort of think about when we plan our days to the extent that we control them and when we plan our kids' activities and when we plan what we do at night is that that time is something we want. I mean, Maybe you want your kid to play soccer or maybe you want to go out to dinner with your friends, but you also want that Netflix time or your reading time or your knitting time or whatever it is. And your teenager wants that time to like, you know, lay on the floor of their room and Snapchat. And that is fair. That's important. So mm. protecting that downtime for all of us, including our young kids, is going to make bedtime 
just feel like less of a threat to your entire personal existence. I think that's brilliant. And, you know, it's interesting because as you're talking about toddlers versus teens versus tweens versus grade school kids, do you think this overall idea of wanting to be happier as a parent changes throughout the parenting cycle? Do you find that there's more stresses when you have newborns or when you have teens? Like, I know there's a lot of debate about that, but is there one period where we need help more than others? It's pretty personal. It kind of depends. Some people, I don't deal well with toddlers. Um, I find them... They're just not reasonable and they won't stay where you put them. And I just, they really stress me out. So uh, for me, the, the age that my kid, my kids right now are 12, 12, 14, and 17. And this is a great, like, this is fantastic. I, I do think that their being older is contributing to me. But for some people, having, I have almost three teenagers and pretty soon it'll be four teenagers, that's more stressful. It sort of just depends. I think it depends on who the kids are and where you yeah. live and what the sort of external stresses are around you. I do think for everyone, universally, babies are tough because that whole thing I just said about you sleep, you, you yes. can't. You can't yeah. fix it. They don't They don't let you. They don't. Just don't. You cut yourself a year of slack. Plus, you don't know what you're doing. You're literally yeah. learning a completely new career out of nowhere in the middle yeah. of your adult life. I always say it's like moving to a new country, having to learn the language and learn a whole new job all at the same time. It's and then insane. have someone screaming at you the whole time while you're trying to do it. <laughs> and sucking on your nipples. And pooping their pants. Yeah, while people blast <laughs> rock music that you dislike at you yes. like 24 hours a day or just basically scream at you. Yeah. That's a universal stressor. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Well, it's funny because a lot of people with babies or toddlers, they write to us often on like Instagram, for example, if we're posting pictures of our kids because now our oldest are uh, 14 and 13. And they'll say, oh, you're giving me hope that the teen years won't be as terrifying as I think they are. We hear versions of that almost yes. every day. True. I think people are terrified to have teenagers. Terrified. It's funny. And there's actually, there's this lovely guy by the name of Kim Ginsburg, and he works for the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. And he has a whole initiative around changing the way we think and talk about our teens. I am finding these years to be great. And this is not, believe me, my kids have issues. I mean, it's not like I've always been like, and they're wonderful. Oh, no, no. But the fact that they're teenagers hasn't really, like the things about them that have always been challenging aren't really any more or less challenging now that they're teenagers. It's like a trope. Oh, the teen, my teenagers are driving me crazy. It's like it's a rule. You have to you have to yeah. say it. And I yeah. I yeah. resent it. I don't like it. And um, I especially hear it with girls. Yes, yeah. with girls especially. I mean, because I have two girls. My boyfriend has two girls. I mean, the number of comments we get where they're like, oh, just Where's wait till they're teenagers in your house. Yeah. And we just always joke and go, yeah, we'll have a lot of tampons in the bathroom one day and we'll get through yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I've got some tampons in my bag right now, stranger. Want some? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Probably male stranger. Here, let me help you out. Deflect with humor. My favorite tactic. Deflect. <laughs> deflection. All right, can we talk about chores? Please. Because you talk about chores. And what I want you to talk about, not just about chores, but I want you to talk to the parents out there, and I know a bunch of them, who know their kids should be doing chores, right? Like, there is a group of parents. I'm not going to name names. You're talking Katie. about me, Krista. I'm, I'm talking about me too, though, sister. And we know our kids should be doing more chores, but it is very hard for various reasons to keep a consistent schedule or process for this to happen. So help us. Yeah, this all name names Liz Gumbiner and Kristen Chase. <laughs> I have a really hard time with Kristen us. Chase. You can put me in this bucket as okay. well. Chores oh, and are KJ. hard. So seriously? Yes. Uh, so I had to read the audio. Oh, well, I hadn't. I got to read the audiobook. I mean, reading the audiobook was amazingly fun. But after I read the chores chapter, 
I went, A, that was good. And B, <laughs> oh, man, yeah. we got to up our game because, yep. you know, there was a lot of great advice in there that we were not following. And I'll say things have got, that was three months ago, and things have gotten a little better. So it is really hard. Let's just face it. It actually is easier to do it yourself. Yeah, it is. Thank you for saying it because yeah. it, it is. And I read your piece. You know, you've been excerpting your book, I feel like, over a period of time and sharing some nuggets. And one of them was basically like, get over the fact that they're going to whine and complain because they just are like that's just going to happen and that's part of it so I love that I love that you say that but it is it's easier there was a big excerpt so it'll be this past weekend as listeners are hearing the podcast there was a big excerpt from the chores chapter in the times so you can check out some of the advice on chores, but it's just, you know, let's go ahead and nest hash through this because it really is hard. They don't want to do chores. Nobody wants to do chores. I don't want to do chores. You don't want, what we want is like the result, you know, we want the kitchen to be clean. But we don't actually want to clean it. Yes. We learned that we have to. Thank you. Yes. I want a clean kitchen. I don't want to stand over people saying I want a clean kitchen over and over. Yes. Right. I want it done. <laughs> the terrible, terrible, terrible truth is that you have to. And if your kids are supposed to clean the kitchen and they're not doing it, then you're not making them do it. Like there's Mm. just, there's no profound, and I hate this, like I totally hate this, but there's no like profound solution to the idea of chores. It's really pretty simple. If you expect them to do it and you insist that they do it and you don't let up until they've done it, they'll do it. If you don't do those things, they won't do it. Yeah, there's no magic. This goes back to the discipline issue. Yeah. Where it's hard to like keep to the, you know, threats and promises and consequences and, you know, how that all ties back to responsibility. Yeah. And we don't like to do that. And to come back to sort of the question of there's really two pieces of chores and let's just take cleaning up the kitchen. There's, I want you to clean up the kitchen. And there's, I'd like you to clean up the kitchen without my literally stand here and going, that plate, that one. <laughs> yeah. Also that one and the dish. Oh, yeah, the cup, <laughs> the cup also, and the pan. I mean, and that is how having my four children clean the kitchen. I mean, some nights it still goes that way. It is improving slightly. But, you know, if you don't do that, they're never going to get there. I mean, you know, when they're 30. And sure. that correlates with happiness, presumably. Well, that, I like, when so. your household is functioning more smoothly and you're not nagging all the time, there's probably more joy all around. I think it helps in a couple of ways. First, you don't feel like you're doing all the work. Granted, you're doing all the nagging, but, you know, that's that's just life. I think that's a big point. But if you don't feel like you're doing all the work, yes. if you feel like they're helping out, that helps. Also, it does. you know they should do this. So it yes. feels good to yes. make it happen. You get to go, I'm doing something right. Like I am not raising that college roommate that we all had who didn't actually know that the toilet had to be clean. Yes. Um, it, you know, or, or the one that just, just put the dishes in the sink like elves were going to come. <laughs> I mean, we all lived with that person. And to be able to know that you're not raising that person, it feels good. Like we know that chores are important. There's some research out there that says that, you know, kids who do chores and help out around the house feel like more of a connected part of the family unit. It actually helps them sort of feel more emotionally steady and secure. See, there's um, research. There's research. Yeah, there's data tiny, tiny way. bit of a study that says that they sort of do better in later life. And then there's yep. just the anecdotal, like, you know. You know that the boyfriend who goes to his new girlfriend's house for dinner and clears his plate after dinner is better than the one that just sits there and leans back and goes. (laughs) Um, 
Oh, you know, okay, <laughs> but, it's, but it's true. There's all, there's something very it's rewarding true. as a parent yes. in seeing your children achieve and accept responsibility. And I think that, you know, we think about that in terms of schoolwork and in terms of after school activities, like yep. they practice the flute for hours and now look how amazing they are at performing. Yep. Um, I think maybe we need to like bring that mindset into the household as well, that we're teaching them I skills that are more... important. And yes. it makes you feel yeah. good when they master them, right? I agree. I think it makes them grateful. And you have to recognize to. that flute practice and even the homework is not more important than learning that you are an important contributing part of this community. Yes. And, uh, you know, I know you've got a ton of homework, but you can spend 15 minutes helping me clean up this kitchen because that's yes that is important too yes it is important most of us don't realize how often we're giving them a pass oh i yeah i mean it's it's clear because you know i I don't know about you liz but i know like ben my husband who is their stepfather he doesn't say anything but you could just tell you know what i mean when it's like one chore like their only <laughs> chore is to like take out the trash. You know what I mean? Like, and there's four kids and three dogs and two adults and like we're both working. You know, it's kind of, you, you can just kind of tell. And I know. So now I'm motivated, but my kids aren't home. So who's going to do the chores? <laughs> yeah. No, my kids are pretty good about doing it when they're asked, actually. It's more like, I think it's more down on me to get them into a routine so that I don't have to ask. Cause then, like you said, sometimes I start to feel bad or I feel resentful or I'm angry that I have to keep asking. But yes. the truth is when I say take out the garbage, they they always take it out. I mean, they never say no or balk or roll their eyes. Sage gets a little tired after folding laundry for like five minutes. She has to take a break every five minutes. It's pretty exhausting. Yeah, yeah. I know. that All the folding laundry is like, oh, mom, I need a break. I'm like, it's been like 30 seconds. <laughs> you folded two shirts. So I've yeah. just learned that she does something slowly, but they don't actually say no. So I think, you know, as you're saying, that's on me. I have to get better about setting a schedule where I don't have to be standing over them the whole time and asking. Well, so, and I asked people, because there are people out there whose kids do chores. Um, And so I found some of them and I was like, okay, let's talk about the the nitty gritty. Like, what do you actually do? And one thing that I found that was really a surprise to me is that, you know, I used to have these sort of complicated rotating chore wheels and every other, you know, every day it sort of spun and you had the next Mm. set of chores and it had a brad in it, which is that little, little thing that makes the thing spin on the office supply Greek. Um, And no, people whose kids successfully do chores, they give their kid a chore for a year. Same chore. Really? Wow. So you know, so, like, you well, are the dish doer. You clean the bathtub. You are the dishwasher emptier for the year. So we we sort of adjusted that around here because some chores are just harder than others. So we sort of do it by the season. And I've just started this since learning all this. So it's been about a year and it's going pretty well. So we did, like, you know, the fall part of the school year, the winter to spring part of the school year, and then the summer. And then we'll switch them up again when we go back to school and it does make things better than that sort of constant rotation. That's and then so things smart. that really would be unfair, instead of being like, you know, on Tuesdays, the two older kids do the kitchen. And on Wednesdays, the younger and then on Thursdays, we just said, okay, and every night, you guys, nobody leaves this kitchen till it's clean. I just really like that you're tying this back to the idea of happiness because we talk so much about organization or, you know, getting organized for back to school or, you know, handling homework stations or managing time or managing screen time, or, you know, all the things that parents grapple with. And 
I don't know that we talk often enough about this higher level happiness that comes out of having everything fall into place a little better. Well, I think the reason to do this is just that it it makes you more able to enjoy your day to day. And it makes you more able to sort of look around at your cranky kids who who are grumbling and cleaning the kitchen and hitting each other. And one's in the bathroom and everyone else is yelling, we know you don't have to go to the bathroom. (laughs) It's so unfair because somebody has to wipe the table and, um, and you can just think to yourself, you know, actually this was the plan. Like, this is what I wanted. I mean, it'd be nice if they were a little quieter, but overall, like this is a happy moment. Yeah. This is not a bad moment. We are all healthy and happy and we had food and we have a roof and we're going to go to sleep. And there's just, this is a happy moment. And most of us, we we had a pretty sweet modern life for the most part. Sometimes terrible things go wrong and and you you might need a different book. (laughs) When terrible things are not going wrong, we should be sort of, you know, treasuring just to be kind of cheesy about it. We should be finding the good stuff. I agree. I mentioned gratefulness. I think that's part of for me for kids to do chores is I think it instills gratefulness. But I think overall as well, like there is a lack of that. I think it's very easy for us to get stuck in a rut and especially with what's going on around us. And there's a lot of venting that happens in my home, you know? And so I love this idea of like, yeah, it's loud. You know, they're not cleaning the dishes necessarily as I would do them, but they're all working together. And I just love that. I think that's awesome. Can I throw out, you know what, just really quickly, this is the best tip. I heard this this week from our associate editor, Kate. She told me what she does with her kids is they've gotten in the habit of, you know, every Sunday or so is they put on the song American Pie by Don McLean because it's a really long song and they all like it. And then they all work together and see how much they can get done before the song is over. And I thought that was That's awesome. Very That's awesome. I like so that. So they ended up turning it into something really fun and just, you know, drudgery. And now they kind of look forward to it because they get to listen to the song. Now, I mean, I don't know. I might do like Alice's Restaurant. There's a lot of good long songs out there that you could probably put on. Have a playlist. A lot of people I talked to, like the the power hour was a really common theme. Mm, A lot of people even use that rhyme. Like, you know, we have an hour every Sunday where we all do it at once or we have it. And as kids get older, it's harder to find that time together. It is. It is. Because we used to do that too. Yeah. More kids are likely not to be home and stuff. But I think you have to just do it anyway and figure it's going to even out. Yeah. I mean, that's what we used to do too. have some sort of time on Sundays. Um, All right. So listen, we can't talk about being a happier parent and not talk about sports and activities and overscheduling and all that kind of stuff. I think that my approach to sports and activities has been informed by me being a mom of four. And I know I can't speak for all parents with fewer kids, but I think a lot of the parents that I see that have maybe one or two kids, their kids are doing way more than I ever would. So I'm wondering, what about for you, your beliefs and your approach to sports and activities and what you write about, is that informed by having a larger family or is it from something else maybe that you discovered in the research or talking from other people? I'm very curious about your approach to this. Um, I would I would say a little of both. You know, like you, I have four kids. They actually all play hockey, and in the winter, that's absolutely certainly that no one can do. Dude, that's insane! <laughs> I have one hockey it, it player. Is a insane. <laughs> but they all love it. It's really important to them. It's going to become a big part of our family. And one of the cool things about having four is that you don't feel pressured to go to all the games because it's actually physically impossible. Yes. Um, yes. So, and once you've sort of released that need, it becomes suddenly. Sometimes we're not at any, they may all be playing and maybe we're not there because if they're playing because we're watching, then they're not playing for the right reason. And 
they should find something else to do. So <laughs> to some extent, yeah, it does. But also, I think it's informed by this sort of really deep strain that kind of underlies a lot of existing research about kids and their emotional sort of happiness. And that is that it's actually much better for them sort of not to be at the center of your universe Mm -hmm. and not to feel that your entire schedule is dictated by either their math test or their soccer practice. Mm. I almost think that's like, well, it's kind of a burden for them to to be at the most important thing. So I don't want that for myself and I don't want that for them. We've also, I guess I was only working full time probably since my youngest were six. But before that, we had a really complicated family situation that one child ended up taking, you know, a disproportionate amount of time. So there's always been things in the way of really piling on the activities. And I think if you have one kid, it's easier to do more and let them do more. Um, And maybe it just works better for you. It might not actually make you unhappy. There's no golden rule that like just one sport a season is better as long as you're getting all your downtime and everything else. Well, I'll also be honest. There's like a financial burden too. I mean, my kids know they cannot take every single theater and dance and singing class that they want. It's just not feasible for me financially, let alone like we live in New York City where I can't shuttle everybody to two different places at once once on two different, you know, ends of Manhattan. So one of the best things that's happened is my older daughter being able to take the subway alone, finally. I know. It's like changed everything because that means we don't have to be quite so accommodating around like, well, only one kid can do a thing at a time or you both have to be in the exact same place all the time, guys, or I can't take you both. So that's been helpful. But also, you know, I think it's good for them to know like we can't afford to do every single thing that you want to do all the time. So we have to pick and choose. I think that's good for them. And also we get to do some things. Yes, we do. Yes, thank you for bringing that up because I think that's very important for parents to hear. You know, Margot is my nine-year-old. She does maybe one or two things. She did dance and field hockey, and that was like a big deal to do two things. Um, But her friend, I was talking to the mom, and the mom's like, oh, yeah, she's playing soccer, and she's playing field hockey, and she's playing volleyball, and she really wanted to play this. And, And I'm just like what do you like that's great like your daughter like wants to play all these things and that's awesome and you want to support her but I in my head I'm going like when do you do anything for yourself like I didn't say it out loud and I because right. if I said it like that would have been mean hmm. but you know like oh my like when do you do anything because like I'm already struggling to find time for myself and my kids really don't even do that much so I'm like I'm thinking man dude you have three kids like why like how why are they playing four sports right now you know how do you find time your work full time and so I'm so glad you bring that up because I think that's one thing that we really forget about like as parents like we're trying to do so much for our kids when really we need to take care of ourselves too I, I always tell people like two things that are super important to have a good happy home relationship is one if you are in a partnership or relationship, date night, super important, like that you get out without the kids. And also time alone. Like Kristen, when I just get to go out with you for dinner or get to go out with like girlfriends to a movie, that's really valuable to me. And I know I come home feeling refreshed and happy. And we really put ourselves last, particularly as mothers. I mean, I know that's such a tired stereotype, but it's so true. And we have to work hard at like making sure that we count also. Well, and if there's something that you have always wanted to do, I mean, what are you, what are you waiting for? You're the adult, you know, to the extent that there's any money, you get to decide how it's spent with your partner if you've got one. And I talked to this really fun woman. It was just somebody I met through a friend. And when her kids, she had triplets 
and an and like a one year older kid. Oh, and so my goodness. they're like they were two and four or three and five, you know, something like that. It's it's in the book, but I don't remember the details. You know, she's got enough money. Somebody can do some music lessons. <laughs> so she gets herself a guitar and she heads out. Like she, you know, no Suzuki for these kids that she put her money into a babysitter and she got a guitar and you could find some of her music on Spotify still, although she's not still doing it because now her triplets um, became, they all took up swimming and she used to swim and there was a master swim team. And guess what she does? That's so great. You know what? My mom does stuff like that. And I always say, you're such like a cool retired person. She's not even fully retired. She still works. don't wait for Exactly. I'm realizing like, why do you have to wait to take, she's done that stuff. And if the reason you have to wait is because your kids have soccer practice, that's backwards. Mm -hmm. It's it's so funny to me, Anna, you probably get this a lot with hockey, KJ, is that like Mm -hmm. everyone thinks their kids are going to play in college. And and they're not. I can tell you the statistics. I know yeah, exactly yeah, nobody's what they playing are. in college. They're not. Nobody's playing in college. Like, you know. <laughs> Your daughter might. Yeah. Daughters, yeah. yes. Sons, yeah. probably the, the not. Sons are not going to. And yeah. you don't want them to because first they have to go play like a year of juniors and it's one of the roughest play. It's it's and Oh, I know. It's just, insane. You don't it's, want this. It's and then crazy. they like owe their life to the college and then they lose their scholarship because they get hurt. Put your money into a math tutor, <laughs> not a you know, or a that's a big soapbox for me. It makes me crazy. To me, it's so funny because I go to the games and, and I love like my kids have performances and that sort of thing. And I'm like, I speak like I know what I'm talking about. And yet I'm going to the games and screaming my guts out and like, you know, and like, yeah, but <laughs> the truth of the matter is that one soccer game or the practices that you miss every week because you went to go learn sign language or you took an art class or you did something for yourself. Like there are so many benefits to doing something for yourself on a regular basis that's just for you beyond just getting out of the house. You know, you're going to have something later on when your kids are older. Your kids are going to see that you value the importance of yourself. Like to me, that I want my kids to value their own time when they're parents, right? Like, so I want to set that example. And you want them to look forward to being a grown-up. Yes. Right? Like there should be something yes. I'm good I'm not doing about a good job it. of that yet. <laughs> <laughs> right now, everyone's like, I'm not having any kids. <laughs> so I'm doing real well. Oh, it's lordy. probably too late. Sorry. Yes, <laughs> if they're listening to this, their ship is sailed. <laughs> well, KJ, I feel happier just talking to you. Yes, I love this. So tell us where people can find you. Of course, your book is available everywhere. How to Be a Happier Parent, where you buy your books, you will find this book. But where can folks reach out to you if they have questions and find more about what you're up to beyond just the book? KJDelantonia.com. Um, How to Be a Happier Parent.com will also so find me and I'm oh. on all the common social media usually as KJ Delantonia with the exception of Instagram where I am KJDA. And I would say okay. definitely follow her on Facebook because you get to be one of her sources. She asks the public yes, all the time, right. you know, what's bothering you and what's great in your life. And you may find yourself in one of her books one of these days. So many people that are quoted in the book came from Facebook. You, you can actually kind of tell because I would use the name and I sort of didn't realize it till the copying processes. But if you have somebody's first name, probably their maiden name and their married name, it's probably 
probably because I know them from Facebook. Ah! That's the only place people put that. And I just, it didn't dawn on me until like, oh, that's so yeah, funny. it was too late to fix. So well, it's there pretty you go. That's true. Yeah. You could be in her next book, right? How to be a super happier parent. <laughs> I think you could do that. I'm hoping my next book will be fiction. So, so we'll, well, there you go. Well, we'll link all of this information up on coolmompics.com on our podcast page. We know KJ Del Antonio can be scary to spell. And don't worry, we'll have it all for you. So you can just click over and find her and get more information because she's fun to chat with. Plus, if you just start spelling it, you end up with me. You have good Google juice. It's the advantage <laughs> to having a weird name. That's fantastic. All right. And you're going to stick around for Cool Picks of the Week, yes. which we will get to right after this. So, Liz, imagine this situation. Yes, okay? I'm imagining. You just walked out of the house to take your kids to school and you think, wait, did I leave the coffee maker on? I don't have to imagine that because that happens like every day, basically. <laughs> See? So you need our newest sponsor, Leviton, and their cool Decora smart devices because you could look on your phone and turn them off as you're walking to school. I know. I should do this. I've been talking about doing this for a long time, actually. So I think it's really smart. You know what I really love? Like the idea that you can uh, set it with timers so that you can turn lights on and off, like if you're away yes. over a weekend. Or yep. here's my favorite thing. So we have a through-the-window air conditioner unit. We don't have like the fancy ah, homeowner yes. essential air. And yes. I really like the idea of going away for a holiday and coming back in like six hours or four hours before you get home, you can turn yes. the air conditioner back on so that it's nice and comfortable when you get home, but you haven't spent a billion dollars cooling a room with nobody <laughs> in it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, then you should pick some of these up. So they're decor smart products. Like you can even sync them with your Amazon Echo, your Google Home. So you can literally walk in the door and say, Alexa, please turn off the lights. And then boom, the lights are off. And then you say, Alexa, please play some chicka bow bow music as long as the lights are out. <laughs> this is really a connected home, Kristen. It really is. And their tagline is automation for all. So they're really trying to make the idea of a smart home a lot easier and more affordable for families. So they've got like smart plugs. They've got dimmers. They've got all sorts of products that you can put around your home and you don't need a tech degree to install them. So yeah, you, know, you had me affordable. I would like to yes. save some money on energy after the summer we have had. That's for sure. Ah, yes. And of course, as people are finishing up their summer vacations and we're getting into that busy time, you need one less thing to think about. And so it's easy. You just tell Alexa to help you. You pull out the My Leviton app and you're done. So where to go for more information? How can we find these awesome gadgets? Liz? Well, Christian, if you'd like to buy devices from Leviton's Decora smart product family, you just have to go to the website. What? Which is <laughs> leviton.com slash decora smart. Just like the name. Oh, that's so easy. It's just as easy as turning off your coffee maker that you left on <laughs> with your phone. I will never do it again. <laughs> Promise. All right. So KJ and Liz, it's time for Cool Picks of the Week. Cool Picks of the Week. And KJ, you're our guest. You get to go first. My Cool Pick of the Week is an app. It's called Chatbooks, C-H-A-T-B-O-O-K-S. And it's an app that you put on your phone and it will sort of automatically make you a fun chat book, which is a photo book, from either like your Instagram, which is fun because it actually puts the captions in if you want them, or your Facebook 
photos or your favorites on your phone. It's just really fun and easy. And the result is like very cute and portable. We love them. Yeah, We're that's fantastic. Fans. That's a good yeah, one. It's a great idea. It's a good way to get the photos that you have piling up on your phone, off your phone, get the grandparents off your back because <laughs> you've printed out the photos. Here, here is a book. And I don't know about you, Liz, but like my kids love looking through some of the books that I have. They just love it. It's a novelty because we just don't have a lot of photo albums and stuff. So when we do have books like that, they love it. So anyway, thumbs up for me for chat books as well. Yay. Yay. All right, cool. What about you, Liz? So I'm kind of in a back to school mindset these days. And this is a pick that Kristen, you found Tom's Shoes, which we love anyway because of their buy one, give one program. They have been doing such awesome designs lately. Yes, they have. Including really cool um, vintage Disney illustrations done by women and like really neat stuff. But Kristen recently found they're now making, like tell me every kid won't want these, glow-in-the-dark DNA Toms. (laughs) It looks like DNA strands. They're so awesome. You can't get any geekier, I think. No, they're really cool. Like, I can't imagine, like, any kid that wouldn't love glow-in-the-dark shoes to begin with, but also, you know, STEM. So you can look at them as an educational purpose. Yeah, and you know what? I just thought of all the science teachers who trudge through the day in those ties. I feel like they just... Your science teachers wear ties? Yeah, they do. They wear, like, the geeky ties. What? They all do. Well, not maybe not some of the women do, but the men do. Yeah, I was going to say, we have mostly female science teachers in our school and no ties. <laughs> really? Yeah. My daughter has a male teacher this year. I think he wears bow ties, though. So anyway, anyway cool glow-in-the-dark glow DNA print toms. They're awesome. You can find them on coolmomtech.com, and we'll link them up as well if you want to check them out. Yes, as you should. And my pick is... Yes. Yes. So it's called Inner Eco is the brand, and it's this probiotic drink. And, um, you know, if you have, like, some, like, Belly troubles, a little stomach issues here and there. Ooh, I'm raising my I hand. I have to say. I, I get Yeah, that. raising uh-huh. your hand. I have that sometimes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do. Here's how I'm a happier parent when <laughs> I don't have a stomach ache. Um, anyway, so it's it's a bubbly drink. It's kind of like kombucha, maybe a little bit like apple cider vinegar drinks, like that kind of, but it's got a ton of probiotics. It was recommended by a friend of mine who had suffered for a long time from stomach issues. He like works at Whole Foods now. He does all these really cool, awesome, natural things. And when he told me to get this with my stomach issues, I did. And the funny thing is, ladies, that you're really only supposed to drink a tablespoon of it, okay, a day. Mm. But I did not read that, and I read. I drank the entire oh no, bottle. Oh no! <laughs> this is like a bad '80s John Hughes movie or something. Yeah. So let's just say. I was very regular (laughs) (laughs) for a good long while. Spawn show is nothing if not brutally honest. Yes, yes. So anyway, Inner Eco probiotic drink. I get the unsweetened one, but they have ones that um, have different flavors. It's great. Kids can drink it too. It's a good way to get your probiotics. And I know a lot of people are like, probiotics, but which ones do I take? You know, it's so, it can be very confusing. This is a good one. Of course, I'm not a doctor, but uh, it was recommended to me. So I'm just passing it along. Anyway, that's my cool pick. Very cool picks. All around. around. Good variety. Yay! Thank you all so much for joining us for another episode of Spawn. And huge thanks to our engineer, John Bowen. Hey, we love hearing from you. Please leave us a review on iTunes and make sure to subscribe. In fact, you can do it right now while you're listening. And also, take a second and download our episodes. All of those things 
actually help more people find our show, which we love. The more the merrier. And that makes us happier parents. See how this all ties back? It does. (laughs) Well done. Well done, Well, thank you so much for listening to Spawn. This is Liz. This is Kristen. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.